0: It's time to play like a Jet
1: with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a Jet, what does that mean? Got to be feeling good about what Mike White's done today. On third and four, he'll look to throw. In zone, got it. Breaking away. Garrett Wilson. Wilson a big play downfield. Wilson's still going along the sideline. He's not going to go down. Allen tripped up. He could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall. He's done it again. Brees lightning. 62 yards for the touchdown. Rodgers in trouble again. And he's sacked again by Quinn and Williams. What a beast. Number 95 for the Jets. Listen. From the
0: playlikeajet.com digital studios. This is Play Like A Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at Play Like A Jet One. And it's time to get to know your foe Buffalo Bills Edition Part Two. Because you remember we did this the first time before the Jets shockingly beat the Bills at MetLife Stadium. This time, they've got a Bills team that is currently the number one seed. I'm sure they're angry and looking for revenge for what happened last time. And they're at home, so this could be a very different story. To break it down, once again, returning to the show, our friend Drew Gear of the Rock Pile Report podcast. Drew, what's up, brother?
1: Not much. Not much. Sitting here, enjoying a little glass of whiskey. Just thinking about what the weekend holds. I don't know. I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. It's
0: funny you say that you're cautiously optimistic when the Bills are favored by a significant margin in this game and they're at home, and they're currently the number one seed. I got to say, Drew, it's weird. Bills fans lately have been very crabby And whiny, and I'm not trying to pick on Bills fans You guys have a team in Buffalo that is the number one seed And I know there's been some struggles and all that here and there And Josh Allen hasn't been perfect But you still have a guy who's a top five quarterback You've got one of the best receivers in the NFL I know everybody likes to pick on Sean McDermott Because apparently, unless he's Bill Belichick circa 2005 everybody's going to go to town on the guy every single week, but you've got one of the better head coaches in the league. Everything is pretty good in Buffalo. It just feels like you guys are looking for reasons to whine and complain every week. Sorry. That's just how I no, feel about it as a Jets well,
1: fan. I, I will say this. So, and and there was a turning point and it's funny because it came with me watching your game this weekend.
0: <laughs> it, <laughs> I, I had an
1: epiphany watching you guys play the Minnesota Vikings this weekend. One of the things that has distressed Bills fans is just the lack of identity that this team has on offense. They're used to seeing more explosive. They, me, I was going to say, don't subtweet me. I'm right here (laughs) when you're talking about people being crappy about the Bills and the way that they're performing. But that's because we're used to seeing more explosivity out of this offense. Unfortunately, there's some factors working against us. And also, our offensive coordinator is a rookie. There's been some growing pains this season. And at the same time, it's hard for me. You know I had this thought watching your team struggle in the red zone. I tech I was texting you. I was during the game, and I was just like, I can't believe that you guys can't score from like something happens inside the 30 for you. But as I'm watching this, I'm thinking to myself, for all of the complaints that we have, our team since the bye week back in week seven, has scored less than 24 points just once. We have two games where we scored over 30. We've scored 27. We've scored 28. And yet here we are complaining about things like red zone efficiency and complaining about things like like we have all these carps and these complaints. And then I'm watching that Vikings game and I'm going, this Jets defense is just like th- this isn't the explosive uh, justin jefferson you know getting 150 yards like this isn't the vikings attack that i'm used to seeing you guys hemmed them in and yet somehow they scored just enough to win and then after the game their coach says throw all the statistics out the window none of that matters wins and losses that's the only thing that makes a difference in this league and i had to take a step back and go he's right He's right. Their offense just got manhandled by the Jets defense and yet they walked out of there with a win and at the end of the day, does red zone efficiency really matter at that point, Scott?
0: I think red zone efficiency matters if you're the Jets and you make six trips to the red zone and only get one touchdown, but let's not go down that road because I'm feeling okay right now and I don't want to get myself to the point where I get angry and start to punch holes in walls. You know the drill, Drew. I'm sure you've done it yourself many, many times. So we'll talk about the bills to keep my blood pressure down for now. I'm just hoping that the Jets can at least be competitive.
1: See, I'm not a wall puncher. What I am is that I'm, I'm known as the destroyer of wicker furniture. I, I just, I really have an <laughs> axe to ground with wicker, but I also think that anybody who's ever like, I've lost a lot of weight. I think I'm down 150 pounds since I was 19, but I think anybody who's ever been over 250 pounds, I think we can all agree, you know, by and large, no pun intended, that wicker was not your friend. Wicker furniture was never so, so when you're mad and you have an axe to grind and there's a wicker couch out on your patio, look out. Play like a jet. Play like a jet.
0: Well, Drew, a guy that I think probably has punched his way through some wicker, too. He's a big guy, and I'm sure that he's had his times where he's been a little annoyed at things. I saw it when he threw that interception to Sauce Gardner a couple of weeks ago. Josh Allen, this is a strange case because at one point in the season, any Bills fan would try to kill you if you even suggested there was another quarterback that was better than him. I still think Mahomes is better. Argue all you want to about that, but I think Mahomes is the best quarterback. Allen's right in the mix, though. But he had a couple of games in a row where he wasn't Superman And a lot of the fan base started to get weird about it. We joked on your show, Drew, about that one woman who wrote that bizarre open letter to Josh Allen that read like a plea for help. And I don't mean a plea for help for Josh Allen. I mean a plea for help with that particular person who wrote the letter. And so you went through that period where Bills fans were a little bit more down on Josh Allen than you would have expected. And now the Bills have clawed their way back. They're at the number one seed at this moment. And, of course, still the question marks about Ken Dorsey, who took over from Brian Dable. And I know you've talked specifically about how this offense relies a little too much on Josh Allen. I do understand that, but at the same time, when you have a quarterback like Josh Allen, that's just how it's going to be. It's like the Chiefs offense. Of course, it's going to rely almost entirely on Patrick Mahomes. So talk to me a little bit about the Allen dynamic with Ken Dorsey, how that's had its topsy-turvy moments. Josh Allen, how the Bills fan base has been completely in on him. Then it almost seemed like they were trying to do an intervention to bring him back from the abyss, which is odd because he was nowhere near the bottom. And Ken Dorsey, who a lot of Bills fans appear to not be enthralled with. Drew, I know that you and I talked about Brian Dable two years ago when it looked like he might be a candidate for the Jets head coaching job. And you said that you weren't super high on him, but he had grown on you like a fungus. Now he's gone and a lot of Bills fans appear to wish he was still there. So talk to me a little bit about all of that with the quarterback, the offensive coordinator, and everything going on with the Bills fans around that.
1: Well, it's been a weird marriage because the season started and we were steamrolling football teams. Now, mind you, some of those are bad football teams. No one's going to no one's going to applaud for you too loudly for beating up on the Steelers. They're an organization that's kind of looks like heading towards a sizable rebuild. Um, The the, the rosters is too many holes to retool the Titans. That game was just a waxing that I think they came in with a really terrible game plan that kept feeding us the ball. And if you're going to give us that many opportunities in offense, this is a team that can score a lot of points if you're going to let us dominate time of possession like that. I think the problem is, is that as the season has worn on some of the things that Dorsey Dorsey's like any rookie, he came in. He had a way that he wanted to do things. He liked the downfield passing. He was trying to get Gabe Davis down the field. Uh, if you remember the Steelers game where he had t- back-to-back post routes for touchdowns, They're both like over 60 yards. He had some ideas to what how he wanted to call this offense, and it was a lot of downfield passing. And it was, you know, we don't care about too high safety. We think we can do enough to confuse this. G- give the safeties enough eye candy that they'll come down in the box, and we can, you know, make downfield plays. And then people realized kind of like what happened to Sean McVay. Sean McVay came in as a head coach and his offense set the NFL on fire. The very next season, people figured out that the eye candy was just that. And the second he stopped utilizing those motion players and making them actual threats, defenses clamped down on everything they were doing and their team missed the playoffs. Dorsey had that kind of in the same season. Team defensive coordinators figured out what Dorsey's offense was about and we lost I think the the slot player that we thought we were going to have in Jameson Crowder he broke his ankle in like week two and that was it for him and so we turned the slot over to which is something with Cole Beasley with Josh Allen has always been a strength that position dried up because Isaiah McKenzie was still figuring out the nuances of being at every down slot receiver well when Linebackers and safeties realized they didn't have to patrol the middle really anymore. And defensive coordinators got ballsier in terms of, hey, we're gonna bracket digs, but also we're gonna we're gonna sit some spies in the middle of the field. We're not worried about a short slant to Isaiah McKenzie. Why? Because he's not consistent enough to scare anyone. You started to see them do things that made our lives very difficult on offense. And I think one of the problems in terms of the Dorsey Allen relationship is that it took Dorsey a while to realize that, well, a good quarterback, like you know this, the great quarterbacks and their offensive coordinators would kind of have this back and forth. You'd kick things out of a playbook that you didn't like or that weren't working. or you'd go. The problem with Josh is that he thinks he can make everything work. You saw it on Thursday Night Football last week when he jumped head first into a crowd of players, knees first, four and a half feet in the air. He genuinely believes that no matter the situation, no matter what the play call is, I can find a way to make this work. So him and Dorsey set off down this fool's errand of, look Look at their game plan when it came to the Jets. The running backs touched the, balls, the ball 20 combined times. This is a Jets defense that was known for its pass defense, that has made waves this whole season for being exemplary in taking away passing threats of their opponents. We came out with a game plan that said, you know what we want to do? We want to throw the ball 34 times. <laughs> it's, so when he comes to Josh with that game plan, Josh says, screw it. I think I'm talented enough that I can do that. The result was he completed 18 passes. Like that's And that's what kills you. In a, in a game that you lost by a single score, the problem was your game plan was highly flawed. Now, I think there's been an evolution here, and you started to see it this week against New England because you're kind of alluding to what I think that you're going to see as Jets fans from the Bills' offense this week. Dawson Knox was being used early on more as a blocker. I think he's been spending more time around the line of scrimmage than he has in any previous season, definitely last year when he had nine touchdowns. Mm -hmm. But one of the things you saw in that New England game was he went out I think he he was on the field for 35 passing plays and he Knox, ran 33 routes. He only had one single target that whole game. They used him to pull the linebackers and safeties away from the box and then got James Cook just a little bit of space and dumped the ball off to him and let him run. That's something the check down game was something that had not been there for Buffalo all season. All of a sudden you saw uh, just a, I don't even know what you want to call it, just a, a full serving of running back involvement in all phases of the offense. And the result was is that we kind of just slowly suffocated the Patriots drive after drive after drive that just, even when we weren't scoring, we were eating clock, possessing the ball, shrinking the field, with field position. And it just, it was their complete undoing. And at the same time, you look at that offense and say, even though they only scored 24 points, they were impressive from start to finish. That's what you're starting to see. There's been this season-long evolution, and they. Fi- I think Dorsey's finally learned how to incorporate those other skill players into his approach. And the result is a much more complete and balanced attack.
0: On the subject of balance, while we know that the Bills are trying to balance their attack a little bit more, so far to this point, over the course of the season, they've primarily been a passing team. Devin Singletary, the number one running back for the Bills, is just barely ahead of Josh Allen for his yards total for the season: six hundred three for Singletary, five eighty one for Allen. It's conceivable that both Allen and Singletary get to a thousand yards, though, so that's sort of impressive. And then with the wide receivers, I know that you and Chris on. Rockpile report like to beat up on Gabe Davis. And he has his shortcomings, don't get me wrong. But he's well on his way to a 1,000-yard season, and he's turned into one of the better number two receivers in the NFL. We know Stefan Diggs is at worst the top five receiver, very well could make the case that he's a top three receiver right in there with Justin Jefferson and Tyreek Hill. So, Tell me a little bit about the balance you spoke about and how it's played out throughout the season because you do have weapons in that passing game. A little bit of disappointment from Dawson Knox, who, as you said, has mostly been a blocker this year. But Devin Singletary, who's not going to be mistaken for one of the very best running backs in the league, could very well finish with 1,000 yards. You've got two potential 1,000-yard receivers, one of them who's already crossed over 1,000 yards and is working his way well towards 1,700, 1,800 yards in Stefon Diggs. What's going on with that Bills offense and what the dynamic has been the last few games and what you expect it to be on Sunday?
1: Well, on Sunday, it's interesting because you guys did a thing. That I I, I've noticed it. The Jets' defense. When you look at those cornerbacks, you say to yourself, "Okay, these guys are great man cover corners." And yet, when you're playing a wide one, when you guys have played a top tier wide receiver, a Justin Jefferson, a team with a Stephon Diggs, you guys actually play a lot more zone. In fact, you guys played. I think it was just about sixty percent zone the last time we played, which I don't think the Bills were prepared for. I really don't. And I think one of the things that they tried to do is because obviously zone defense is what you do when you have a running quarterback and there was no running back involvement. So what happened with our wide receiver group is that you had Stephon Diggs, even though he got, I think, 93. He was just shy of 100 yards the last time we played. It, I think it took him like 12 or 13 targets. I, I have to look. Let me see. Yeah. So. In the last game, Stephon Diggs, 10 targets, five catches. Like, that's not good. Like, it is nice that he, he found a way to turn five catches into 93 yards. But realistically, one of that came on a 42-yard pass, which was just a breakdown in your secondary. Those aren't – you can't count on that to be a reliable play. By and large, down for down, you guys held Stephon Diggs in check. And that's where our offense fell apart because there wasn't another person on the team with more than 30 receiving yards. And that's kind of been the story, you know, early on when you heard Bill's fans complaining and, as you put it, whining about the state of things. It's because of stuff like that where you look at it and say, if they're obviously making a concerted effort to stop digs, you mean to tell me that you can't get 40 yards out of anybody else? then that tells me that you as an offensive coordinator have failed. Now, you guys are probably going to roll out the same type of attack. You guys are going to play a lot of the zone because it helps keep eyes on Josh Allen. It helps keep eyes on running backs out of the backfield. But there again, they're doing some things differently in terms of how they're utilizing guys. I see, like I said, with the running back involvement, they're also bringing in a lot more motion they hadn't been doing it right up until the New England game but all of a sudden you saw you see shotgun formations where they have both Isaiah McKenzie and Naheem Hines in the backfield and they they're both motioning and now your linebackers have no choice but to look at that and go which one of these guys am I responsible for and Uh, Do I need to cheat now? Because Isaiah McKenzie has foot speed. Whether or not he's a great slot receiver, he's fast. And if he beats me to a spot and catches the football, we saw him do it to, oh, man, who is the team now? No, I'm not going to be able to think of it. Uh, Just the game before New England, he was uh, the Lions because they played a ton of man defense, and he torched them. Now you have to start thinking about that and it's going to move you away. And then they just throw to the other side of the formation to where you just vacated. There's You're starting to see more pre-snap stuff against zone to try and move your players to a spot where they think they can create a gap for somebody else. I like that. I think it's him trying to, I don't want to say make water out of wine, because it's not like we have terrible skill position players. But let's face it, you guys have a better wide receiver core than we do. I mean, a far more complete in terms of overall skill sets. Uh, There's a lot of teams in the AFC that do. They're putting a lot on Josh Allen to be the catalyst for this. And I think that Dorsey is finally starting to carry his own portion of the weight here by throwing in some more of these pre-snap wrinkles to confuse linebackers and safeties, at least slow them down so that the Bills can get a spot and create some yards after the catch.
0: Drew, let's talk about the defense Last time the Jets played the Bills with Mike White, a quarterback last year He had a lot of trouble through four interceptions And it's really the only game that he's played so far in the six that he's been involved in Where he was legitimately bad I'd say he was okay when he came off the bench against the Patriots I'd say he was pretty good against the Bengals, throwing for over 400 yards Pretty good in prime time against the Colts before he got injured last year Obviously, you would say he played very well against the Bears. I thought he was solid, even though he got off to a rough start this past Sunday against the Vikings. The Bills were the one team so far that have really been able to neutralize Mike White. Now, again, very small sample size, so it very well could be that Mike White isn't good, and down the stretch teams figure him out. And he ends up being relegated to what we thought he would be, which is maybe a decent backup. But he could also continue the momentum that he built a couple of weeks ago and go on to perhaps contend for a starting job, not just the rest of this year, but into next year. The Bills will be a good test for him, even without Von Miller, who we now know is out for the season. Talk to me a little bit about what the Bills' defense brings to the table here in terms of trying to neutralize Mike White, but also as far as what's going to happen with the running game, because Bam Knight, the undrafted free agent, out of NC State has been the sensation the last few weeks, so he's probably going to get the bulk of the touches. Tell me about the players on the Bills, who stood out in positive and negative ways, and what you expect to see from them in trying to defend what the Jets do on Sunday.
1: You talk about the Bills being one of the ugly games, like the game that really made everyone in the Jets go, okay, (laughs) this Mike White thing isn't going to work right now. One of the issues that you're going to have, Mike White does a lot of things well. It's something we're going to talk about during our preview show. He, he does a lot of things. Well, his release is quick. He has one of the top. He is he like one of the top four. I, I want to say four or five uh, among quality. If if his stats now, if he had thrown enough passes to qualify on the passing charts, it's under two and a half seconds, which makes him a top five or six quarterback in that regard from snap to throw. He gets the ball out very quickly. he, But that gives you a problem. His intended air yards per attempt at only 7.4 per throw and his completed air yards are 5.4, which would make him 21st in the NFL in both categories, meaning that he's looking to attack the very front of basically the tackle box. That's a problem when you look at the makeup of the Buffalo Bills. Teron Johnson is one of the better slot corners in football over the last few years. Uh, A lot of turnovers forced. He's very good in run support. So, they, I mean, Nickel is our base defense. So, what you're going to see is Tremaine Edmonds, Matt Milano, Teron Johnson playing almost 100% of the snaps on Sunday. The issue that you guys, Mike White specifically is going to run into is that with that being his skill set, that being where he's the most confident, Matt Milano, like right now, Tremaine Edmonds, in terms of just rating, and I mean, I we've crapped all over PFF before, but just in terms of rating, yardage allowed, uh, turnovers forced, turnovers that he they've been a part of. Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano are both top twelve cover players, cover linebackers in the NFL. So the fact that you have both of those guys out there simultaneously who know that they have decent safety, I mean, they don't have Micah Hyde, so they're not going to be as aggressive with the safeties as maybe they would have been in the past, but they still have Jordan Poyer and they don't fear bringing those guys down into the box. Mike White is going to have a hard time finding a place to go in that area where he's very comfortable, where there isn't a a very, very talented coverage player. Who has a knack for taking away the football? I think that that is going to be, again, you you said it, that's where everything blew up in Mike White's face, and I think it was four interceptions in that game, Mm -hmm. after throwing one in his previous two games you run the risk of the same type of scenario. So your coaching staff is going to have to have an answer for that. They're going to have to be able to try to incorporate some things that are going to maybe shake those linebackers out of their zone responsibilities there, because it's, that's, you're walking headfirst into a buzzsaw. I think that elsewhere in the defense, one of the weaknesses has been our safety group. they've, They've historically been a strength, but, realistically what you've seen without Micah Hyde and then Jordan Poyer being out with injuries. Like he he was missing from the t- from the game that we played earlier this year. And you see a difference. I think we're 0-3 without Jordan Poyer, and we've won all of the games he started. So I I can't argue with that. And part of it was we put Jaquan Johnson, who is a career special teams player, we started him against you guys. He had four missed tackles in that game. one of them on Michael Carter's big run in the second half that set up your scoring drive. And so it's just knowing that the safety dynamic is going to be different. They're going to feel a little ballsier in pressing those those coverage responsibilities around the line. They're not going to give up the short stuff as easily. So your team is going to have to find a way to push the ball down the field a little bit. And I don't know that that's directly in Mike White's wheelhouse.
0: One thing Mike White does have this time around that he didn't have the first time, Drew, is Garrett Wilson. And if you go to yes. prizepicks.com <laughs> or the PrizePicks app and you play in their daily fantasy matchup against their prize picks player projection, Garrett Wilson is definitely a player that you're going to want to pick to beat his prize picks player projection because last time Garrett Wilson played the Bills, he had eight catches for 92 yards, and that was with Zach Wilson, who obviously was struggling. Now Mike White has an opportunity to play with Garrett Wilson. So, knock on wood, you would hope that Garrett Wilson will pick up where he left off. He would be one of the players that I pick over at prizepicks.com and the prize picks app. Remember, you pick two to six players, and if they beat Their prize picks player projection in either direction, then you can win up to 25 times the amount of money you put in. You can play baseball, basketball, hockey, football, anything you want. It's all there, prizepicks.com, and the prize picks app. You don't play against anybody else, just against the prize picks player projection. If you use the promo code PLAJ when you sign up, you'll get your first deposit matched up to $100. So if you put in $100, they'll match you $100. Put in $50, they'll match you $50. Just use the promo code PLAJ, and they'll match your first deposit up to $100 over at prizepicks.com and the PrizePicks app. So Drew Garrett Wilson clearly going to be very much in the Jets' plans this Sunday. The Bills are going to have to try and stop him along with the rest of the Jets' offense. Let's talk about the coaching and the strategy here. What do you expect to see from McDermott and crew? What do we need to know about injuries? And ultimately, how do you think this turns out? Now, you don't have to give me a final score prediction or anything like that, but a reasonable prognostication based on what your thoughts are right now.
1: Well, it's funny because you were talking about Garrett Wilson, and Garrett Wilson... Had a he had he basically paced your wide receiver room, which is good. You guys needed that, and you also had a terrible quarterback playing for you. I'm not going to mince words. I thought Zach Wilson was terrible. Since he was drafted, <laughs> and so this whole Mike White situation is kind of a vindication of that. I actually feel pretty good about it. Like I'm happy that, and I'm also happy that because Mike White seems to have some guts. He's got a little moxie to him. I think that he's done more to win the locker room over. So I'm glad to see him getting a shot. I mean, I think Robert Sala has said as much in his press conference. Listen, this is his chance to make some noise, I think is how he put it. So one of the things that I think is your coaching staff, you asked me about our staff, your staff is going to have to be smarter in the red zone. You, You have some weapons. You've got Ty Conklin, you've got some guys who you can utilize that I think were kind of Elijah Moore. I don't know why that pass, that game the thing that could the one that could have been the game winner. Why is it Braxton Barrios and not Elijah Moore? I don't know. Like I don't know what's happening like where those decisions are being made. You're gonna have to make better ones because you guys got stifled in the red zone a lot by that Minnesota defense. Buffalo is the third best red zone defense in the NFL. Part of that is because of how good our safeties are, how good our coverage linebackers are. And when the field gets condensed, it allows them to get away with a lot more because now they know you can't get over the top. So they'll bring their safeties in to make up for their linebackers and bring their linebackers in to create pressure. And it just wreaks havoc on opposing offenses down near the goal line. So with that said, I'm just thinking about this pragmatically. Your team with a passer, a more accurate passer, a faster passer, they're not, they're, you're, they blitzed a lot in that Jets game, which bothered me the first time around. You're not going to see the same approach. In fact, if anything, I think you're going to see more of what they did against the New England Patriots this past week, which is very boring looking defense. They're not, they're, they're going to try to beat, get home with four in terms of the pass rush. And they're going to play coverage. And they're going to dare you to try not to make a mistake and try to beat them. I think that's going to be the philosophy for this game because I think they genuinely believed it with Trey White back, with Xavier Rhodes playing, with Kyra healthy We finally have the cornerback talent playing all at the same time that they think can mitigate your receiving threats. And at the same time, having a healthy Jordan Poyer will allow them to give Mike White more pre-snap looks and then rotate out of them plays get away with playing more single high which they didn't do when jordan Poyer was out which i think was a big reason why we haven't won a lot of those games they're going to make life very difficult on unless you guys can orchestrate some 20-yard downfield passing i mean i'm not being mean mike white if you go to nfl next gen stats and you look at the passing that the passer grid he doesn't have a rating down the middle of the field, deep, or to the right corner because he hasn't thrown enough passes to qualify for one. That's a problem. <laughs> I think that the way that this defense, now that they're healthy, is going to approach this. Because you got to figure, we didn't have Matt Milano either. We had a rookie, uh, Terrell Basham. Not Terrell Basham, Jesus. He was your he was your cast buff. Uh, <laughs> ben... Uh, Jesus, this is what I mean. I, we drafted a rookie linebacker in the third round that I don't even remember his name, and he started that <laughs> game and he played terribly. This team is healthier than the one that we played bef- that you played against before. The only real injury issues we're going to have, we don't know what's going on with the offensive line in terms of Deion Dawkins. Now your pass rush is legit. Those the, 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 you guys invested a ton in that front seven, but it's paying off. Because this defense, uh, your coverage units wouldn't be half of what they are if your pass rush wasn't fantastic. And so that scares me as a Bills fan a little bit because I look at that and I say, if no Deion Dawkins, Questenberry rolled his ankle, they put in Bobby Hart, and he was – I can't tell if he's just bad or if he thinks the earth is flat, so he st- – like, because he thinks the earth is flat, he stands differently. But Whatever it is, he's a terrible pass protector. <laughs> like, he can't make an arc. to to save his life so any pass that's not a a three-step drop and out he's a liability if Deion Dawkins can't go this whole passing attack I think is going to start you're going to see more of it be funneled through our running backs if he's healthy it's going to give him a it's going to give Allen a little more confidence to take some shots downfield and that's going to open up things for our running back I really do think that that's what's going to win or lose this football game is how much can they get the ball in the hands of Devin Singletary and James Cook? I think if they have more than 30 combined touches, the Bills probably have a really good shot at winning this football game.
0: Drew Gear, host of the Rock Power Report podcast. Thanks so much for coming on and breaking down the Bills with me. Really appreciate it. As anybody who listens to the Rock Power Report podcast and the AFC East Roundup that they do every week knows, I'm on their show all the time, so check me out on there. But I'm not the only one. Plenty of cool people go on that show. I don't know. I guess we could call Alf cool. He's not here, so he can't get <laughs> mad if I call him uncool. But I do like Alf. He'll be on the show later when we do Jets and Dolphins in a couple of weeks. So talk a little bit about what people can find when they go and sample the Rock Pile Report podcast, the AFC East Roundup, and when they follow you on social media.
1: Well, on social media, well, first of all, our moniker is the hardest drinking, pettiest bills podcast. <laughs> um, and I think that hardest drinking, I'd put our title up against anybody's um, <laughs> weird uh, to try to be entertainment first, education second, because let's face it, there's a ton of smart people out there who will tell you everything that you need to know about football. How many of them can make you chuckle while they do it? I don't know. We're, we're trying to find out. Um Realistically, you come to us, you hear a lot of. It's. You hear a lot of fan angst. You hear a lot of. Honesty about our own team. And the AFC's Roundup Show that we do every week has been a good conduit for us to meet and you know, find make other fans from other fan bases because they like the fact that we're brutally honest about our own football team. And at the same time, we like to have fun barroom style conversation with guys like Scott, guys like Alf Artiaga. Uh we, we have a number of Patriots guests that who come on the show. And it's basically just, hey, what happened to you guys this week? This season's been up and down, and I think every team has had their turn in the barrel. And it's been a lot of fun because we punch up, we punch down. <laughs> it's it's a really good time, and I think that that's what people get from our podcast. If you follow us on social media, it's Bill's Talk, sports memes, uh, barbecue photos, So if you're into that kind of thing, at Rock Report on Twitter, you can find our podcast, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, anywhere you listen to your podcasts.
0: Come for the AFC East Talk. Stay for the barbecue pictures. Trust me, that's really where the money is at. Make sure you check out Drew and Chris over on the rock Pile report and at rock Pile report on twitter check out everything we're doing over at playlikeajet.com and the play like a jet youtube channel the thunder from down under luke grant has some awesome all 22 breakdowns watch our videos subscribe if you haven't already youtube.com slash play like a jet visit our store tpublic.com that's tee we've got the john franklin myers Quentin williams bless you thank you shirt the play like a jet logo shirt caps mugs hoodies it's all there tpublic.com that's tee and be sure to give us a five Star review for the podcast on iTunes If you haven't done that already Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money But it goes along with Help Us Out So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets Podcasts and content, you know where to go That's Play like a Jet digital And jet.com.